Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, baby, it's podcast on the fantasy focus youtube channel it is wednesday it's buck and bob and bob and buck day buck what's going on buddy bob doing good it is wednesday the thing that saddens me is uh we're getting towards the end of the fantasy football calendar year but at the same time then we can actually participate in everyday human life and human interaction doing activities during the week having picnics during the weekend enjoying time with loved ones and finally able to pay respects to everybody that we have neglected over the last 17 weeks. So there's light at the end of the tunnel, but there's money to be made, Bob. And that's what we're trying to do tonight. I got to say this. If you're not a big DFS person, if you, if you haven't signed up for prize picks and do player props, throw in 10 bucks and have some fun the last couple weeks. Cause once fantasy this next few weeks are done, you're done with football for a long time, and you're going to miss it. And, like, get as much as you can in. But I, I'm i kind of like Gollum. Like, I feel like I come crawling out, and I'm like, eh, shit, it's like football season. And then I come out, and then, like, finally, it's like that that flashback before Gollum found the ring. I feel like that's me during the offseason. Like, football is my version of that. So, um, yeah. Like no, you're I a normal human? <laughs> yes, I am a normal person in the offseason. During the season, I'm just, like, a closet. I'm in my room just, like, Get away from me. The DFS start of the week. Like I start saying random shit like that all the time. People are like, I just wanted to know if you want paper or plastic. It's it's absolutely absurd. But I'm ready to become a normal human in about a month. But now, fuck, it's playoff time. First of all, man, talk to us about your fantasy leagues. How did you do? You ready for the playoffs? What's your biggest start-sit decision? What do you got going on? No major start-sits. Um, pretty, pretty lined up well. Thankfully, have not been affected by the COVID aside from Jarvis Landry, who I would have thrown in there in a deep, deep league, I think with like 11 starters. Um, besides that, man, I'm doing good. I, I got in in five leagues. I play in, I believe, seven. Um, already been eliminated from one. It started a week, two weeks early. So I was in the semis last week, laid an absolute egg. That was a bummer. Uh, I did get screwed out of one, Bob, Dynasty League. 12 teams, four get in. And there are three divisions. I finished 10 and four, missed the playoffs because of a commissioner's error in which the commissioner tried to fall on the sword. Basically, there wasn't a stipulation for the scenario where the one wild card spot was between two division teams. My division went 11 and three, 10 and four, 10 and four, nine and five. Mm. The rest were terrible. So you got a bum in the playoffs, Bob. And then you got me, 10 and four. Four and two in the division, the toughest division in the league, yet scooped out by points and very little points. And that's just because of commissioner's error. He tried to fall on the sword, give me his spot because I would have been the number one overall seed if he was not in the playoffs with the rules. Just didn't play out that way because the league revolted. And even though it did not affect the other three that were in the playoffs, one who should have been picked out, they all went ballistic. It was right, but it was I was wrong. Yeah, uh, I can tell you this one. One of the things that I brought up last last couple of weeks is like the two play scenario because that eliminates a lot of the the hoopla. And the other thing too is I eliminated divisions uh, in most yes. of my leagues. It's it's more of like everybody's one giant division. 
none of that bullshit anymore. And everyone just the top teams get in. But the two-play system, the two-week system is amazing. The other thing I will say though, too, is um, you know, I I always the, the toughest thing I've realized is like I finished the second in points and I my team missed the playoffs. Like that's more frustrating to me because like points is more like that's the definition of how good you are in fantasy. Like how many points did you get? So to not make the playoffs and have the second most points in the league is annoying. That's why I like this two play system because mostly the cream rises to the top. Like I was early on in the season in one league down there, but I was like top three or four in points, but I wasn't winning weeks. But because I did that two week system where I do the all play one and the head to head, I slowly got back into it and made the playoffs. So I do recommend it for everybody, but this is the time of year to have these discussions. Like, with your league mates, but hey, like, for 2022, we got to fix this. Let's do this instead while everything is fresh. Because in by the time you get to draft season, you're not really that into it. You're like, you're like trying to like focus on your draft. You want to like talk about, you know, what players to pick up. You're doing all your research. You don't want to talk about league rules at that time. So if you find things now, talk to your uh, teams, uh, your league mates and get things done. Make it more interesting for yourself. I think these last three weeks are a great time to have those discussions and lay out next season's rules and format. Uh All right, but we got a fun one. First of all, before we even get started, we want to make sure that we talk about, I mean, look, that was a great intro. I mean, look at us. We're just hitting hitting the ground running again. Um, But before we jump into what we're doing today, we want to make sure we talk about one of our sponsors really quick. Uh, Bet Online AG. All our podcasts are brought to you by Bet Online AG, and we'll be back right after this quick commercial break. Bet online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NFL season and the NBA season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains the number one spot for all football and basketball action this season. Make sure to head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50. That's B L E A V 50. Believe 50 to receive your bonus. From football to basketball to NHL to boxing to UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of the 2021 seasons. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Buck, we got a fun one on Thursday night, and our Thursday night football preview is brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show. Make sure you're joining us every Sunday live, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. We're excited to announce this December we're doing a giveaway. For every $500 we raise, we're actually going to donate a jersey to one of our followers of their choice. All you got to do, join us on the Sunday Live Show, become a super chatter, donate a dollar to get your question answered right away, and then you get into entered our jersey giveaway. For every $500 we raise for ourselves, 10% of that goes Get to the sports. And on top of that, you also will be in the do- thing for the jerseys. We're excited. We're giving back during the giving season, giving some back. We're trying to make, hit a goal of $300 donated for the year to good sports. Right now we're at good 150. Stuff. Let's try to get to that goal uh, this Sunday. But Buck, we're going to talk a little bit about our Thursday night football preview, which is the Chargers. And the Chiefs. Now, this is going to be a fun game. I think a lot of us are excited. Um, we don't typically get too explosive offenses like this. I feel like we get a lot of dumpster fire offenses on Thursday sure. Night Football. But this week, they decided, hey, let's give them the good stuff. And we're going to make sure to talk about this first off. And it seems pretty easy, right? The 52 and a half over under. Um, Chiefs minus three. They're playing on the road in L.A. So they're going to be playing indoors, which is even nicer. 
Well, there's some big well, injuries. Hybrid. Hybrid Hi. indoor, outdoor. Right. Susceptible yeah. to lightning. We all know this. Okay. Yeah. No, so good call. So then uh, so there's some key injuries. Of course, Keenan Allen should be back this week. Austin Eckler is limited with his ankle. You know, Pro Football Doc said this guy is going to be about not 100%, not close to 100%, but he could give What's it a go. What's the number? Uh, I don't have a six score in front of me, but I looked it up when you were kind of chatting away about some things. Um, but then we also have, you know, Chris Jones, the stud defensive tackle, out for the Chiefs. We also have left tackle Slater out for the Chargers. So maybe those cancel out just a little bit. But then slot, stud, slot cornerback Sneed is going to be out, and Keenan Allen will be back. So, you know, what's your – first of all, before we dive into individual players, and it seems like we're going to start our studs, but is there is there a certain player, certain scenario that you're looking forward to the most in this Thursday night football matchup? Man, I, I think I like – Tyreek Hill, as always, I think he's just going to do his thing. Oh, I mean, it hasn't really been – it's super weird. Like, the char- the ch- Chiefs have been so good on defense that their offense – they win these games, and they're on this hot winning streak, and you're thinking they're going to be scoring 40 points a week. It has not been the case. Uh, sure. Tyreek Hill has been fine. Tra- uh, Travis Kelsey has been fine, I guess. But they have not been their studly selves for this whole entire Darrell year. Darrell Williams has been balling. Darrell Williams, CEH had multiple touchdowns. Frank uh, Frank Gore Jr. or whatever. Derek Gore. <laughs> Sorry, Frank Derek Gore. Gore. Derek Gore got it done, too, in garbage time. So they're getting it done on the ground. Um, but the Chargers' defense is getting healthy. I mean, this guy, they were one of the most decimated injuries early on in the year. But they have slowly gotten guys back. They're looking a little better. I mean, they didn't play the Giants last week, so that's going to make anybody look good. You know, I love them to death, but they're not great on offense. And then the Chiefs defense is being really good. But this 52-and-a-half over-under suggests that there's going to be a lot of fireworks. We're going to assume Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Eckler, CEH in. We're not making any hesitations about any of those players. Okay. So really it comes down to, like, obviously Josh Palmer was a nice play, Jalen Guyton, but with Keenan Allen out, it's probably just Mike Williams. Um, in my opinion, I, you know, the, the Chiefs defense on the perimeter especially has been very good with their outside cornerbacks, uh, Ward uh, and Fenton. But uh, what's your thoughts about Mike Williams? Are you interested in starting him this in this game? Or are you going to be fading him? I mean, it all depends on, mo- on roster makeup. Uh, if you're in a situation where because of the over-under, if you're in a situation where it's in between, let's say, Mike Williams and Darnell Mooney, I think that's an interesting comparison for this week. Um, I would prefer to opt for the high over-under. And in this game, the way that Herbert can chuck it, Mike Williams, we've talked about it on this show too many times to count now. Unfortunately, not so heavily utilized across that red zone in, in close to goal line situations. But Mike Williams is a guy that I think a lot of folks are just going to be forced to start. And why not in a game that I think will be wide open? Quarterback injury, that should hurt the Chiefs quite a bit there. So who knows? Is he a stick to the one guy or is he moving all over, Bob? Sneed? No, he's the yeah. slot corner. Slot corner. Okay, he so we got no inside. Mike Williams issues. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I don't mind Mike Williams. I'm going to start him, but I think there's other options. Now, Mooney or Williams, who are you going for there? Mooney's one of the guys I want to start this week against Minnesota because they just give up so many fantasy points to wide receivers. So I actually would lean Mooney in that scenario. Um, We were talking a little bit off air about some defenses, and the Vikings are one that we're both kind of feeling a little bit uh, as an option this week in deeper formats. But 
Um, let's do a quick Mike Williams verse. That will probably help us narrow this down. They actually have him at wide receiver 18 on Fantasy Pros. I think that's a little aggressive in my opinion. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so Amari Cooper versus the Giants or Mike Williams? Amari Cooper. Okay. Marquise Brown versus Green Bay or Mike Williams? Mike Williams. Brandon Cooks at Jacksonville or Mike Williams? Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Brandon Ayuk, Michael Pittman versus New England. That's another tough matchup. Or Mike Williams. Mike Williams. All right, let's do one more. Um, let's have so let's, let's one of the Cardinals receivers, AJ Green or Kirk, or Mike Williams. Ah, uh, that one's pretty interesting. Yeah, with D Hop looking out for the rest of the regular season. Jeez. Yeah. I think I'm going to opt for Kirk there. Even though yeah. even though our guy Kyler, the little Ewok that could, he's not looking too fresh right now. It takes some, it takes time, man. I think I think we don't give these guys enough of like leeway. They've been out for months or a month and we expect them to come back and just light the world on fire again. It's it's tough, especially for mobile quarterback like Kyler Murray. I mean, he wasn't really doing much. So I think I think you're I think losing Hopkins is big time. But I think uh, I think I like Kirk a lot too. I'm glad you brought up Kirk too because I, I think Kirk is Detroit is a slot funnel defense, and they are playing Detroit. But like the Detroit games are oddly like they get beat on the ground and they lose big, or they keep it relatively close and it's lower scoring. They don't have like these shootout games except for that one Minnesota game they had where they won. It has not been like big teams don't blow up against Detroit because they don't have to. Because uh, the offense either struggles, so I think Arizona defense can kind of reel them in. So it might be lower scoring, but I like Kirk. That's a good call. All right, I think that's really it. any defenses you're starting in this one. Neither defense. The Chris Jones injury kills me. Yeah, I know it's true. He's huge. That's like when I saw him on COVID, I just was like, I just dropped a nice little f bomb, and then I put in a nice little waiver claim for a defense because I was like, I'm not going to play the Chiefs without him and Sneed. So all right, listen, that seems pretty. I think. Just enjoy back, sit back, watch the game. According to me and Buck, I think we just start our studs, sit back. Like, this is an island game. We get to watch two fireworks go off. Fade those fringe guys. Maybe fade Mike Williams in the right scenario. Fade the Chiefs defense this week, even though they're red hot against the Chargers offense. And uh, enjoy the show. I think it's pretty much going to be a great game. But I think that's really what we got. Any other insights, Buck, before we move on to our positional start sets for the week? I mean, have popcorn on hand. Maybe an ice cold there. Mm-hmm. So what do you do you typically crack open a beer every Thursday night football game? What's your go-to? Well, no, I usually have softball, but we won the championship against our arch rivals, the the Space Weasels last week. So uh face guys were looking pretty good. It's the name of the club. I always rock the purple on this show for the face. Uh yeah, so I'm usually playing softball and I have a strict I don't booze before rec league softball. I like to be in the zone, focused, sharp. And then I might have one or two at the bar afterwards, but usually not. Yeah. I like to reserve. I like to reserve. But so, yeah, I will have beers tomorrow, Bob, if you need a short answer to your question. I like long ones, Buck. I love the long answers. It's what I came here for. That's why we get along. Um, the other thing I want to say, though, is so So, what position do you play in softball? Are you a big-time hitter? What's your hitting? What slot are you hitting in? Talk to me. Tell me about your um, softball game. 
I mean, at one point, I think I was one of the better players in the southeastern United States, but injuries of injuries and old age have caught up to me. I'm just joking about that. I was a decent player. I used to play shortstop and third base, uh, and then I've just blown my knee and my shoulder out. So I play primarily first base or second base. I'm an infielder. I never play outfield. Um, got a glove on me like goddamn Brooks Robinson over here. And um, hitting-wise, used to hit for more power. I've transitioned into my entire goal, Bob, is to rip off the third baseman's face every time I step up. I want that third baseman as uncomfortable as possible, ripping liners straight at his throat. And that's what I do. So I keep them low, I keep them hard, and I keep them going towards the outfield corner. I'm more of a singles-doubles guy. You know, I we I have so many guys on my team that just hit bombs on command. There's no need for me. I just get on base. Hopefully, they hit a bomb. I don't have to run around the bases and have an asthma attack. I hear you. I actually only played in one league in softball. I was terrible at hitting softball. I couldn't. I couldn't do it for a while. And then I started watching guys that were really good, and I just started watching their footwork, watching what they were doing, how they were standing. And I just made one minor tweak where I essentially do a big giant step in. Yeah. And I started just all I do now is hit the ball right up the middle every time. I can't hit there for power. Go. I don't know what the hell the reason is. I cannot hit for power with softball, but I can hit I can hit singles all day up the middle. For the longest time, I would just hit ground balls right to the shortstop every time. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And then it's it tough, took man. me like two to three games and I fixed my footwork and now I'm just going up the middle. But yeah, I was never rated like you are. I, I barely got uh, I barely made the cut, but uh it was all good. Uh before we move on, I know we brought this up. So um Pro Football Doc said that Austin Eckler will be ineffective versus the Chiefs because of his high ankle sprain. Now, this is a high ankle. So, for him to be playing on a short week on a high ankle, it seems pretty risky um, for fantasy owners. It's going to be tough to get away from him, obviously, with a 52.5 over under. But that worries me a little bit. If he's playing on a high ankle sprain, he could be an emergency back. He could be splitting work. Um, Does that change any of your thoughts on Austin Eckler? It certainly does. I mean, he's usually pretty spot on. He's only been really off a couple of times this year, so shout mm-hmm. out to him. Um, yeah, I, I don't love their backups, man. I really don't. So in a, in a playoff matchup, I don't think I feel all that great about starting either backup. But, you know, if you were smart, you have a handcuff. But – if they're going to roll Eckler out there, at what point, what's the pitch count? At what point do they bring him out? So yeah. there's a lot of question marks with starting Austin Eckler. If you're in a pinch, I think the other backs are going to get more time. It's just a matter of who, in your opinion, will those backs be? Uh, it's going to be Joshua Kelly and, and, and Justin Jackson, but they're going to be splitting work. Uh, I'm not expecting. And if Eckler's playing, he might be playing, but half like in and out. That's a three-way committee. I don't know. That's really tough. Um, you know, I guess I guess the real comes down to like Devonta Freeman or and Melvin Gordon. Would you start those guys over Eckler knowing this news? Yeah, I'd start either. Okay. What about Ramaje Stevenson? I'd start him. Okay. Miles Sanders. Yeah, just because he's healthy and I think they'll run the ball. So you are – this is a concerning thing. Okay, so we're we're concerned. We're concerned about Austin I'm, Eckler I'm now. officially we're concerned. concerned. We're concerned. Mode. We're, we're, our palms are sweaty. Knees weak, arms are heavy. You know what I mean? Mouth spaghetti everywhere. That's basically yeah. what we're doing here right now. All right, 
That's it, folks. That's all we got for Thursday Night Football Preview. Brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show. Make sure you're joining us every Sunday Live, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We're all 10% of every donation that we get from our show goes to good sports. And this month, we're giving away a jersey for every $500 we raise. So become a super chatter. Join us on Sunday. Get your start sits and have some fun. We're, we have some antics. I birthed Buck one show. It was nuts. There was a lot of problems, too. I had it was to a gruesome, to, gruesome birth. Yeah, too. the CDC called, the FDA, you name it, whatever acronym you you know, they called. Um, Epinephrine everywhere. Nuts. But that's really it, man. Before we dive into our positional starts, we're going to take a quick commercial break for one of our sponsors, Cara Factor, and we'll be back right after this. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with CaraFactor. CaraFactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Care Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarafactor.com. That's shop.mycarafactor.com. Carafactor, skincare for hair. All right, Bucks, let's talk. Hey, how, how you doing? All right. So skincare we're, for yeah. hair. The delivery, hey, Bob. The delivery. Uh, Unbelievable. That was only 15,000 takes, and every fucking time I would do one thing wrong, and I would just start all over. So, yes, people. I did it for the people. Um, well, there's a lot of things in there. Care, hair, care bears. I mean, it's all over the place. I must man. have said care bears like three to four times. It was nuts. I was like, it's care bears for hair. Gut. I'm like that heart blast in care bear. Let's go. I like it. All right, folks. We're going to talk a little bit about positional Start sits and streamers for this week for week 15 is brought to you by Care Factor. We're excited. Buck, you know how we do it, man. We talk a little bit about some sits, some main guys, guys that are well owned that you could fade this week that we're a little concerned. We also talk about some guys that are less owned that we think you can start maybe even ahead of those studs. So let's start off with where do you want to start? Start or sit? What are you feeling this week? Let's start with the fades. I, li- I like being negative and flipping like- it over for a positivity I breakthrough. Like- Give it to us, Buck. Who's your QB fade for this week? Well, it's always tough. Like, we're in the playoffs now, so when we we try to do this, we're looking at folks that are rostered under 50% of rosters. So it's more of a – I don't know. This this just seems like a weird task going into the playoffs. But guy that I don't feel great about this week is Russell Wilson uh, going up on the road, playing the Rams. Not a huge fan. Not a huge fan of this matchup here whatsoever. Russ had a decent, effective week last week, but he's still not finishing in that top half. So there's just something going on there. I know it's the finger. I know that everything isn't really gelling there from the passing attack standpoint. He's being efficient. He's being a good quarterback. But what I need in the playoffs, I need great. And I'm not all that confident that we're going to get a great performance going up against that defense this week. Okay. My fate is actually Joe Burrow versus Denver. 
And Joe Burrow, last week, listen, hey, he pulled it through that San Francisco 49ers game. He came back and really backdoored the shit out of a good fantasy day. Well played there, Joey Burrow. But this week he gets Denver. And two things about Denver that I don't like for opposing quarterbacks. Number one, they have now can establish the run on offense. That slows down the game. That means less possessions. That means they're taking time off the clock. And when you have two backs like Melvin Gordon and Javante, they have really slowed down passing offenses. Look at Patrick Mahomes, under 20 fantasy points. Then it was Joe Herb, uh, Justin Herbert had a big game. But then you really look through the guys. Dak Prescott, 232-2. and two. Not really great interception. Guys like Case Keenum, Derek Carr, you know, decent days, but nothing spectacular. So when you're really looking at Denver and where their strengths are, they're very good against the pass. They have really good corners. They just got back Byron uh, Bryce Callahan. Their slot corner should be back this week. Uh, so I think that from that perspective, they have the the cornerbacks that can keep up in some way with Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. And then the other thing about the Bengals, they do not want, for some reason, to throw the ball that much. They want to establish the run with Joe Mixon. If they want, they want to give Joe Mixon 30 carries. That's basically how they want to play. I don't know why. They have these awesome receivers. And you CJ Uzama. I mean, come on, people. Who doesn't want to throw the ball C.J. Uzama? Uh, but the thing is, when I'm watching these games, that's how they want to play. And then the San Francisco game worked out where they need to throw late, and sure enough, Burrow got it done. I just don't know if Denver is going to be able to put up that many points with Teddy B and company. So I think this is a week to fade Joe Burrow. But now, Buck, because we're fading these kind of players, we've got to find guys we like. So who's some lesser-owned quarterbacks that you're willing to buy for week 15? So this is a fella, he started super hot. He's cooled off as of late, but he just so happens to be going up against a team of what they would call, uh, what do they call them? Scabs. Nice. Derek Carr playing against the folks from the municipality of Cleveland. They're having tryouts today, I heard. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, I'm going to go with Derek Carr. Yeah, He's going to people- bounce back this week. If you want to listen to how many players are out on COVID uh, for the Browns, go check out my tr- uh, takeaways from this week. Earlier today, I list out how many players are out, multiple defensive linemen, cornerback, safety, you name it. Um, Lions, Tigers, and Bears. Oh, my. Everybody's out for them. So I agree with that's a good – sometimes that's all it takes, man. You're playing scrubs, baby, and you get them out there. This isn't the uh, uh, that Eagles movie where uh, Mark Wahlberg comes onto the scene. No Mark Wahlberg saving them this week, hopefully. So I agree with Derek Carr. Is that the what? one about the field goal kicker? Or was that no. Tony Danza? That was Tony Danza. No, that's uh oh god, Invincible, I think it is. Where is the Oh Eagles? Invincible? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Vi- yeah. His name's like Vince Napoli or it's something Nepal- like that. Yeah. See, you get it. You get what I'm doing. No, no, no. Um, Tony Danza Eagles movie. Hold on. I, we're <laughs> putting more homework on your table here, bud. Fuck. The garbage. <laughs> this is so good. It's called the garbage picking field goal kicking Philadelphia phenomenon. Okay. Released in Perfect. 1998. A real classic, Bob. Put it on the list. I love can't wait. Let's do this, baby. I won't be well, forget about after football season. After I'm done with all Bucks assignments in fucking April of 2024, I'll be able to have a normal life outside of football. But anyway, um, my QB start, the first one's a cheat code, and I'm I just gotta bring it up. It's Taysom Hill. Like just stop worrying about how it ends up happening. He's like Thanos. Like you're going to be at eight points after the first half. And you're going to be like, why did I start Taysom Hill? He's the absolute worst, but it does not matter with Taysom Hill, whether they're up or down, because if they're down, he will throw and he will scramble. 
If they are up, he will run the football 10 to 12 times for 100 yards because he cannot be stopped. This week against Tampa Bay, something I like about Tampa Bay matchup is that Tampa Bay has faced just Josh Allen. He rushed for 100 yards rushing just last week. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 10 for 44 and two touchdowns when he faced the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks are known for a little bit more of a man concept, so that's good for mobile quarterbacks. And I think that really helps. My, If you want lesser, like, mainstream, I would like Jimmy Garoppolo against Atlanta. Atlanta has been so bad against quarterbacks. Over the last five weeks, most points allowed to uh, to quarterbacks. But I just I, – I have to tell you, like, who they have faced. Okay, so Cam Newton, P.J. Walker last week combined for 27 fantasy points somehow. I don't even know how. Uh, Tom Brady, 34 points. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence had almost 20 points against him. And Trevor Lawrence has been so bad, he has nearly Terrible. 20 points. Terrible. Absolutely. Mac Jones, modest day, doesn't do much. Um, Dak Prescott, 30 points. And Dak's been struggling lately, and he got 30 points. So if you really – I just think that they they kind of flow a little bit. Very, like, San Francisco's very, like, when they need to throw and they have the good matchup, I think Jimmy G can get it done. The question comes, is Elijah Mitchell coming back? Because if Mitchell can run the football on Atlanta, then they don't use the throw. But Wilson has not been getting it done on the ground, which has opened the door for Jimmy G. So I think that's another caveat to this too. All right, those are our QB start sits, Buck. Let's talk a little bit about some running backs that we're looking to fade this week. Tell me a running back fade that's heavily owned that you're looking to sit this week. I'm going to sit Damian Harris, number one, poor matchup at Indianapolis. Number two, limited in practice with that hamstring. I don't like running backs with hamstring problems, Bob. I love Damian Harris, the player. Don't like the matchup. Don't like the injury situation. And I'm also a little bit intimidated by one Ramondre Stevenson, who has come in and looked extremely effective. Dude, I mean, he is some. Him and Javante have been like some fun ones to watch this year. Guys that like, could you imagine if they got full workloads? We saw them. They gave us one game. Like the, yeah. each team's like, here's one little dabble of these guys as workhorses, and it's been amazing. And I, just being selfish, because we're on the podcast, uh, I have Ramondre Stevenson in pretty much most of my main leagues. And I want to play him. Like, I do want to play him because this this hamstring injury. Because if the Patriots and the Colts, it should be it should be a good game, right? So, um, from that perspective, it should be competitive. But I just don't know. Can Damian Harris – because technically it's a short week. Technically because they're playing on Saturday. Um, I really do want to play him. But anyway, I would have to start him over, like, Aaron Jones. Don't know if I have the balls to do that. But Aaron Jones is one of the guys I have on years of fade. But the guy I'm actually going to fade is A.J. Dillon. Um, so the Packers-Ravens game has a lot of caveats. Is Lamar going to be healthy? Is Lamar going to play? Listen, the Ravens are just dominant against running backs. They have been – they're one of the toughest matchups for – and we talked about this early on in the season, and I brought this up a couple times. I said the Ravens' defense is unlucky against running backs. They were getting a lot of catches against them. They were getting a lot of touchdowns. But when you just looked at the actual ground game stats, they were dominant. And sure enough, they went from one of the best matchups for running backs to one of the worst real fast because they are good against running backs. So it worries me that, listen, I know Dylan has been getting most of the work in the second half because the Packers have been really good. But if this game is more competitive, I'm expecting more Aaron Jones. Plus, when you watch that Monday night football game, or was it? Yeah, Monday night football. They, they're trying to get Aaron Jones involved. And when they got to the red zone, they brought in Aaron Jones sometimes. They threw some passes to him. They also kept A.J. Dillon in from time to time, too. I get that. But... It looked like in the early on in that game, Aaron Jones was the preferred back. And then once they started taking the lead from Chicago, they started to say, all right, we're going to just throw in Dylan. And I think 
my my question comes: Can they blow out the Ravens to have Dylan have a big game in your fantasy playoffs? He's one of the most top-owned players, so I'm going to fade AJ Dylan this week because I think it's Aaron Jones' backfield. But I'm worried about Aaron Jones too a little bit. But do you have any? Before we move on to another one, Buck, what's your thoughts about the Packers' backfield? I'd love to get your two cents. It's been a weird season, man, and A.J. Dillon, the emergence has not been great, but they've been consistent with their mindset to continue to run the football. So mm-hmm. I actually feel just fine starting either running back just because of the volume. Okay. All right, let's talk a little bit about some running back starts then. You got a running back that's less owned that you're willing to start this week. Yeah, going up against a team that's been absolutely annihilated by the run over the last three weeks, Buffalo. Uh, I'm going with Chuba Hubbard. Um, it's not sexy. It's not appealing. It also looks a bit intimidating. If you look at, you know, if you're one of these people that are just looking at the season on the whole, you can wipe away the bills first seven weeks of this year with the most dominating defense in the NFL. That doesn't exist anymore. They can't stop the run, Bob teams have figured them out. The bills have not adjusted Chuba Hubbard big game this week. I, I I'm just banking on, 80 yards and a touchdown with a couple catches. That's it. That's all I asked, Bob. Chuba. <laughs> all right, man. All right. Amir Abdullah. Remember, you, how did it go? Did you end up doing it right with Amir Abdullah in PPR? Yeah, I won that game. Oh, um, boy. Like I think hear. he got eight points. So it was exactly what I needed. I said I, I needed it. eight points, baby. Eight points. That's- and that's all how much we could think about that with all our players. Just give me eight points and I'm happy. I, I've, I was doing some dark days mid season, like things were going south. I remember just hoping that I'd get eight points for certain players. It got bad for a while. So we're good yeah. to go though. My guy is actually Devonta Freeman. And it's more of like, I'll admit I was probably a little bit too late to the Freeman party, but I would say the last two to three weeks I've been all in and he still is being viewed kind of like, eh, I don't really want to start him. He's not even that highly owned. He's outside the top 30 in uh, rostered percentage on Yahoo, which is always interesting because uh, I don't think there's 30 running backs I'd rather start ahead of, of Freeman. There's there's not 30 running backs in the fantasy football I'd rather have than Freeman. And he gets the Packers. And in my adjusted line yards metric, the Packers are the third best matchup on the ground for running backs. So I think Freeman's also ca- – um, been uniquely uh, matchup-proof by quarterback. Lamar Jackson, for some reason, thinks Freeman's the great the cat's pajamas because he's giving this guy a bunch of targets. And right. then Huntley comes in, and he throws the ball to Freeman as well. And that's interesting because they have Rashad Bateman. They have, uh, they have Hollywood Brown. They have Mark Andrews all playing well. But Freeman has really emerged in the passing game, getting a healthy four to six targets a week on top of now dominating carries. So I'm very confident in him. Even if the Packers start blowing them out, Freeman has been very safe, and he's been very good in comeback mode because he's the preferred back. And the the Ravens are good enough offensively, even when they are down. They know how to use garbage time. So that's what I like to see. So, like, it's not like the Jacksonville Jaguars who are down 20 points every week and they still can't get it done and prevent defense. So I like Freeman a lot as a guy that I would like to stream uh, start this week. All right, but let's jump down to the wide receiver position. Uh, we got – so we're starting some sits. Is there any main guys you're willing to sit this week? Yeah, it's a main guy right here. Good week last week. Found the end zone twice. Jamar Chase. You had mentioned Joe Burrow in this Denver matchup. I don't love the matchup whatsoever. I got Jamar Chase. He's finished outside of the top 20, six of the last eight games, Bob. Six of the last eight. Mm -hmm. So this is a guy that I think, you know, he can hit, but I'm not thinking it's this week here. In his toughest matchups this year, um, 
finished as the sixth, 48th, and 37th receiver on those weeks. And this is a tough matchup, Bob. I'm gonna I'm gonna fade Jamar. Doesn't feel good, but this might be a spite pick for that league that I got uh screwed in and uh not in the playoffs, even though I should be, rightfully so. Ballistic outrage, yada yada yada. Uh, and I had Jamar Chase, and he helped me win last week against the number one overall seed. So, you know, that's just where we are, Bob. Jamar Chase, gone. Gotcha. My guy's Michael Pittman against New England. And my, my thought process is if Bill Belichick does what Bill Belichick does, he's going to do everything he can to stop Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and that would theoretically open things up for Michael Pittman. But I think he also knows that Michael Pittman – is basically the true alpha in that receiving game. They have the type of corners that J.C. Jackson and company that can keep up with a guy like Michael Pittman. So over the last five weeks, the New England Patriots have allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to out wide wide receivers. That's where Michael Pittman makes his living. So all this coupled together and how Bill Belichick usually operates is if he knows you have go-tos, he will take those away and force you to do something else. And I know Jonathan Taylor makes the most sense, but they're not going to just say, oh, well, we're, we know Michael Pittman's going to, he's not going to let Michael Pittman run run shot. So I think he's going to try to take away Jonathan Taylor, and then he's going to use J.C. Jackson to shadow Michael Pittman, maybe use some coverage over the top as well to keep him out and make T.Y. Hill and a Jack Doyle, even though Jack Doyle is going to bring his lunch pail and he's going to take him to the, the woodshed and kick their ass, even though Jack Doyle is going to go six for 102, and I can't wait. Uh, but I think Michael Pittman is the reason why, because of the matchup, I am actually fading him this week. But before we jump into our uh, wide receiver starts, let's take a quick commercial break from one of our newest sponsors, Lightbox. And uh, if you're looking for a, a holiday gift this season, check out our newest sponsor, Lightbox. We'll be back right after Shout this. Shout out to our new sponsor, Lightbox. Say goodbye to the dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones of blush pink, beautiful blue, as well as classic white diamonds. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off and priced so they won't have to. They really make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com and add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. All right, Buck. Now we're now we talked about some lightbox diamonds. Give us a diamond in the rough for the wide receiver position this week that you're looking to start. I like that we transition from Lightbox Diamonds, fantastic diamonds, by the way, straight into a situation where I have to ask this player to shine on you crazy diamond. Mm-hmm. Pink Floyd said it best. Go and Hunter Renfro. You beautiful, beautiful Lightbox Diamond, you. <laughs> Hunter Renfro, stacking targets, stacking receptions, playing a team that is going to be throwing ghosts onto the field. Hunter Renfro... Ghost might have an easier time covering him, so now I'm starting to second-guess myself. But Hunter Renfro has been immaculate over the stretch run of this fantasy football season. I think I'm, I'm, I have Carr. I have Renfro. If you have Raiders, I'm throwing him in there. I'm throwing him in the batch room. I'm seeing what we got going there. I love it. 
I mean, Renfro, forget about it. I mean, mod on me. God bless him. Uh, my I guys, I got a couple, but um, the one I'm feeling is actually Cole Beasley against Carolina. So when Beasley has been really affected by the Dawson Knox, at, uh, you know, emergence, and it's been you know Manuel Sanders and and Stephon Diggs, and the passing game really, to be honest with you, behind Stephon Diggs, it's really been Dawson Knox, and the other guys have kind of just popped in and out here and there. But when one of the guys have been out, we've seen Beasley kind of emerge the most. So when it was Dawson Knox out, Beasley kind of stepped up. And I understand that Knox kind of affects the middle of the field, and so does Beasley. But as soon as Emmanuel Sanders left that game, Beasley popped up again. 11 targets, 9 receptions, 64 yards against Tampa Bay last week. Tampa Bay is one of the best slot defenses in football. Now you flip it, and he's got Carolina, who has just been – Terrible against slot receivers over the last five weeks inside. Uh, one of the things that's key here, too, is they lost Dante Jackson. And now they do have a nice trio of corners. They have A.J. Boye, Henderson, and then Stephon Gilmore. But Gilmore will most likely be tasked to, to shadow Stephon Diggs. And then that's going to open up more opportunities for the other receivers. I like Gabe Davis as well. He's one of my favorite deeper names to monitor and start. But I think Beasley is now when – you take away a veteran like Emmanuel Sanders, Josh Allen starts going back to what he knows. I think that's going to be Cole Beasley. I think it's going to be a solid PPR play this week against the Carolina defense. That is a huge slot funnel defense. So I like the matchup, and I'm feeling Cole Beasley. Hey, listen, little white you know, slot wide receivers are our starts this week. All right, just get them in your lineups. Throw in a Braxton Berrios, and we're good to go. You know, grab yourself a beer and a Braxton Berrios. No, hold the Berrios. Hold the Berrios, please. Oh, all right. Um, all right, so we're going to talk a little bit about some tight ends this week, guys. So, Buck, give us a tight end fade, one of the higher-owned guys you're not willing to start this week. Kyle Pitts. I was wrong. I was dead wrong. And I will – I'll sit here and pray that next season he has a bad impact because it's been tough to watch. I don't see it getting any better here against San Francisco this week. Just fading Kyle Pitts. It's a gut move. I think there are better options out there that you can pick up. My guy is actually TJ Hawkinson for Arizona. And so with Hawkinson, he, I mean, it's just a sp- so spotty. I honestly, like in the first couple of weeks, we thought we had ourselves a gem and he was lighting the world on fire. Now he's also banged up, um, missed last week's game. Uh, and I think from my perspective that Arizona has been oddly really good against tight ends this season. And Hawkinson to me in my fantasy playoffs, um, hasn't shown me enough consistency against the, uh, tough opponents that I feel comfortable starting him no matter what. So I am trying to get away from TJ Hawkinson this week, but I need help finding a player to potentially sit him for it. And Buck, give me one of the guys that are lesser owned that you're feeling this week. Oh man, it's tough to sit Pat Fryermuth. It's a terrible matchup, but I'm I'm going to go Fryermuth. I'm going to believe the Fryer, you know. Never been much of a religious man myself, but I'm believing in Patty Fryer. Mm. I just think he gets it done. He gets a touchdown, and really with tight ends this season, all I give one shit about, Bob, is finding the end zone. That's the only thing. That's why Dawson Knox has been so good. That's why, you know, that's why you got Travis Kelsey doing his thing. I mean, he's not been great, but I'm going to go Pat Fryermuth because this is a guy that Big Ben looks for in that red zone, and really that's what I'm making on here if I'm trying to win a playoff game. I want Pat Fryermuth in my lineup. So last week, game flow really helped, right? Um, 
So I guess my thought process is for the Titans. Do you think the Titans are going to be able to put up points this week to force Big Ben and company to have to throw? I think it's going to be a sloppy back and forth game. Okay. I got a I got a Pat Firemuth in my league, like my main league, and I'm just like constantly just looking at him. I stare at him. I don't know what to do. The Titans, have, I don't want to think about the Titans. I want to talk about the Titans because I do like the call because the guy's been getting it done. Um, but at the same time, like, why are the Titans so good? They have no linebackers. Why are they so good against tight ends? Um, and I'm just trying to look through. I mean, they face Jacksonville, James O, four for 21. Then they have Hunter Henry, John Smith. Then they face Houston. Then they face New Orleans. Then they face Tyler Higbee, five for 51. It could be arguably because who they faced. I mean, last time they, they faced Travis Kelsey, seven for 65. Um, Knox I'll take got 13 hurt. and a half points, baby. You know, Dan Arnold earlier this year, six for 64. What did I mean, Noxie do? Knox did not do well, three for 25. But I, I have a feeling that's the game he left early, maybe week six. Is that did he throw a touchdown pass? I believe he did. Or two point conversion doesn't show up on here. Um, it wouldn't. <laughs> he is a tight yeah. end. Yeah, that's the we got hurt. So week six he got hurt. Yeah, so he, he had two points on the two point conversion though, but mm, okay, he threw it. Yeah, I might be going for it. Um, I've been doing a lot of research on dropbacks versus tight ends route run because I think the tight end position is one of those unique positions where they you know, they need to be getting routes. Like that's, it's super strange. Like wide receivers, there's always going to be wide receivers running routes. It's it's a different field for them. For tight ends, so many guys block, so many guys, you know, aren't responsible on the field as much. They don't run too many tight end sets. Are they doing this and that? So I just started being more interested. And I got to tell you this, Dawson Knox, forget about it. He has been amazing. I mean, Dawson Knox leads the NFL in routes run to dropbacks in each of the last two weeks. He's over 90%. So that's a complete tangent for no reason. My start is actually James O'Shaughnessy, folks. Uh, against O'Shaughnessy. Love it. So James O, uh, one of my guys from earlier this year, I said, you know, I like Daryl Bevel. I like the offense for Daryl Bevel's scheme for tight ends with, you know, whatever's going on in Jacksonville at this point. But the Jacksonville has used their tight ends. You know, Dan Arnold had his moments. But earlier this year, James O'Shaughnessy faced the Houston Texans and saw eight targets in that game. Um, if you've been desperate at tight end, I've been a rotating door at tight end in some leagues. James O'Shaughnessy, in my opinion, against Houston, who just allowed a touchdown to Gerald Everett last week, who, by the way, man, oh, man, that stressed me out. When he got the ball and it was literally right there, I was like, if he doesn't get this touch, I was about to lose my shit. Um, but, yeah, James O'Shaughnessy against Houston, very plus matchup. I do like that a lot. So if you're in any type of PPR, half PPR, I think James O could really surprise people this week because he's been a – He's been on the field running routes. That's what I like to see. He runs around about 70% of dropbacks. That's way above league average for tight end. So that's very good. All right, those are our start and streamers for this week's games for week 15. Like we usually do, we're going to run through some streamers, some deep dives. So Buck, QB, tight end, tell us a little bit about some maybe deeper names. Have you any deeper names that you're kind of tracking this week on the streamer radar for our followers? Yeah, this is if you're hitting that nuclear option here in the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to go Justin Fields going up against Minnesota. I think Justin Fields, he lives for the primetime, baby. You know what I'm saying, Bob? Mm-hmm. Lives for the primetime. But it's a plus matchup here against Minnesota. Minnesota has been prone to those second-half collapses. We just watched another one. And I think Justin Fields can put together a decent day 
where you're just hoping for at that point 15, maybe 16 points. And I think Justin Fields could potentially get there. It's not something I feel great about, and that's why it's a streamer. I like to yeah. stream. I'm just, I just like the thing is like I in my in my defense analysis that I have, Minnesota is a top three defense for this week. Um, you could toss sure. that to you could toss that to a lot of things. You can toss to the fact that Andy Dalton was a disaster for a couple weeks. Justin Fields has been he gets he's prone to sacks holding on to the football. But Justin Fields is the type of player that can have a great fantasy day, and then the defense can also have a great fantasy day because he can be running the football a lot. He can be he's he's got great deep ball accuracy. He's a really good player. So you know, I do I do I do like that. I'm not I'm not anti uh Justin Fields this week. Um, I, I think my deep dive name was going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, but here's a stupid one um, that if in a two QB league format, I think Case Keenum could get you a nice baseline uh, this week. I think, you know, David Njoku should be back. We'll have to, we have to see who returns, right? Cause Jarvis Landry's out, you know, you got no Austin Hooper, um, Harrison Bryant did practice. So he looks like he should be returning. Um, and I would be interested to see how that works. But I think Case Keenum, listen, the Raiders have not been good over the last five weeks. Their defense has fallen apart. They have actually number three in my metric for fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks over that time frame. Um, so I do think that Case Keenum in a 2QB format could be someone that you could start as a low 2QB option, high floor guy. Um, he can probably get you like 200, maybe one or two touchdowns in that range for a 2QB league. Um, other than that, too, I think another guy that always pops up is Tyler Haneke. I think the problem is now he's banged up. The Eagles actually have been struggling against quarterbacks over the last five weeks. So um, I am a little concerned about his injury. And also Terry McLaurin could be, be out for that game. No Logan Thomas anymore. Um, but maybe J.D. McKissick comes back and kind of gives you some life in that passing game as well. But he's another name. So other than that, any tight ends that you're thinking about from a streamer standpoint, Buck? Yeah, I got two here, Bob. This uh, I'm going to go with not so deep and then extremely deep type of things. Um, I'm going to go number one, Nick Vanette for New Orleans. You saw Dawson Knox get it done uh, against (laughs) the Buccaneers this past week. Why did you have you? You liked Vanette? Sick pump. You're sick. You're a sick boy. I love it. We didn't even talk about who you we like. You might have a camera in my house, you sick bastard. I'm thinking this <laughs> no, thing's No, you, you yeah. go on about Nick Vanette. But I'll, let me no. get my deep one out there then. Yeah. I'm going to say take a dart throw on either Packers tight end if you're really in a shit yeah. spot. Um, I'm going to go Mercedes Lewis. Um, Mercedes Lewis, tight end potential there. Uh, but he got a nice little involvement here in his first first action back. Uh, since that Bob Tunyon injury. And then the other gentleman, Josiah DeGuara. Let's see what old converted offensive lineman Josiah can get done out there. He went three for 44 last week. But Nick Vanette, uh, he's had four-plus targets last two weeks, three catches, 44 yards average for those two games. So, I mean, it, it's if you're really in a pinch spot, I, I love Vanette, and I want to hear what you have to say about Vanette. But – Either Packers tight end, I think, will be involved in this game. So, yeah, those are my those are my tight end streamers, Bob. I just wrote a snippet about Nick Vanette, believe it or not. Um, in uh, I have to do game recaps for for Draft Sharks, and one of the, the game I got last week was New Orleans. So I was looking at this deeply. So Nick Vanette, last two weeks you just brought up between forty four and forty eight yards, three receptions doesn't sound like much, um, but. He ran a route on 75% of dropbacks. That's the 14th best rate on the week last week. Uh, he plays this week. Of course, he has a fantastic matchup 
in a game against Tampa Bay, who, by the way, listen, we just saw what Dawson Knox did. But I wrote in my write-up, I write, um, so the Bucs are a top 10 matchup for tight ends and fantasy points allowed. This included big games to Dawson Knox, 7 for 60 and 1, and Jack Doyle, 6 for 81 and 1 in two of the last three games. Vinette isn't a start necessarily in season-long leagues, but it could be an interesting cheap DFS play in DraftKings for Week 15. So I wrote that just like yesterday. So, Buck, God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. We're like, I think we're like, we're going to become Siamese twins or one of those, the the twins that know they do things together. That's great. No, um, we're going to look like uh, the the Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger pick. I, I love be, it. Uh, I could be Danny. You could be Arnold. Wow. Okay. Sweet. I'll, I'll get down, Buck. Nice. That's my <laughs> best I got. That's the best I got. All right. Let's talk about defense. Keep that street. one uh, Keep that one locked up, bud. No, no. One get, in the cage. Oh, get in the chopper. <laughs> All right, so anyway. Who said you could eat my cookies? <laughs> uh, it's not a tumor. Yeah, all right. That was so, good. That was your yeah. best. It, just, it takes you three or four tries. Yeah, gets in there. I get in there. By Sunday Live, that's, I'm going to do just Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Oh, please, do God. I hope you do. <laughs> all right, so here's some streamers. Uh, based on what I was looking at, I'm trying to find defenses that are less owned, um, potentially. I think, obviously, there's ones that we kind of everybody knows about. Like the Packers, um, very good defense, are high up on my metric this week. Uh, but I think they're pretty well owned. Dallas Cowboys, if for whatever reason you're in a 10-team league, they're out on waivers, go get Dallas. The Vikings are really high up there. Denver Broncos. Um, the San Francisco 49ers are not a bad matchup this week against Atlanta. But here's some deeper names that I got. Let's get your thoughts on these, Buck. Texans versus Jacksonville, Bengals versus Denver in that same game we talked about a little bit earlier. The Dolphins versus the Jets, that that ownership percentage is going to skyrocket, but they're less owned because they were on a bye. And then the Browns versus the Raiders before all the injuries. So any thoughts about those four potential defensive streamers? I mean, I, th- I like the Dolphins there. I think Texans are also a play. The other two, not so much for me. Dolphins or Chiefs? Dolphins. Okay. All right, Buck, before we go, you know why we're really here. And we're going to talk a little bit about some kicker streamers um, because that's what we do. I'm a psycho. Um, All right, so just want to talk about Matt Prater versus Detroit. Greg Joseph against Chicago on Monday night. Potentially wet weather forecast there. I'm not sure if I want to start Greg Joseph in Chicago, but notable. Top number two, Greg Zerline. But here's some deeper names. So if you got suck up in uh, Matt Gay, of course, those are are more well-owned. But Randy Bullock against Pittsburgh. Jason Saunders against the Jets, Jake Elliott against Washington, and Nick Folk. Of course, the, if Nick Folk fell onto waivers, um, he might be a guy you want to scoop up, even though he's playing on Saturday against in- Indianapolis. I think that's another solid match. The guy had seven points in that ridiculous Buffalo game. So Nick Folk has been awesome all year. Somehow got seven points, mustered enough. But that's all we got for today, Buck. Listen, man, anything you want to tell the people before we go and get out of here? No, not too much. Join us on Sunday. Um, I really, it's always, it's like a blessing and a curse when it's over because I love doing it so much. I have such a good time and really have enjoyed this season, Bob. And I, I hope, I hope that all of our listeners out there have a fruitful fantasy playoff season. Um, Bob, I hope you have a good one as well, my friend. I know, man. I, uh, I'm like so exhausted mentally from fantasy. Like I'm like, 
sitting there smoking and I don't even smoke cigarettes. I'm smoking a cigarette indoors, like looking over my fantasy teams. Like, what, do I, what am I going to do? Now? That's like, exactly I'm, what someone who smokes cigarettes would say. I know, right? It's, nuts. <laughs> it's crazy. I fit right in. I fit right into the smoking scene. Uh, but yeah, man, it should be fun. I'm going to be on full tilt pretty much all weekend. Playoff time, man. Uh, I, I actually got bumped up. I actually backdoored my way into the veterans league of the TCK pod listener league. I was outside looking in. I was so, I traded for CMC. He gets hurt and my entire team is gone. Like Thanos, I traded Dak and, and CEH for CMC. And then he goes on IR and I never get him back. So I, I go rapid fire on, we have five questions out there. Rapid fire. Oh yeah. Let's do it. Man. Let me, let's let me it. handle it for you here. All right. You got it. Luke coming in here. Komet, RSJ, and Joku. Komet, RSJ, and Joku. So I, I looked up RSJ. He played behind Bates last week. He has the best matchup amongst all tight ends against the Eagles. But you, how can you trust a player who only ran 17 routes on a day where they drop back 40-plus times? Uh, so I cannot trust RSJ. Uh, Nujoku is very interesting against the Raiders. With no Austin Hooper and a potentially limited, um, you know, Harrison Bryant. So I would say in this scenario, I actually lean Nujoku amongst these deeper names. All right. User, user, Eagles versus Giants or Packers versus Browns in week 16. For my money, I like the Eagles here. Browns will be healthy again. Mm, yeah. Hopefully. God will. Yeah, I'm going to go Eagles in week 16. Yep. All right, Colts or Pats D this week. I got Pats. Are we? Do we feel comfortable with either of these defenses? Um, I'm I'm okay with the Pats. Okay, I want to do Pats as well. All right, T Higgins or DK for Fleck PPR. I got DK. DK, man, how the mighty have fallen. Um. Let's see. Seattle has got the Rams against Jalen Ramsey and company. You went DK, right? You said? I went DK, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's fine. DK's good. All right. Aaron Jones, last one here, folks. Aaron Jones, Zeke, Gibson, Barkley, and Jay Williams from the Broncos needs three for PPR. I'll go to you, Bob. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man! How did you even pull this off? That's like insane. Those four bounty. running backs are all for, like for top fifteen picks this year. So it's a bounty of riches. Mark, I don't know, man. I don't know. Something's Mark's going like on. Scrooge I, Mc, Scrooge McDuck jumping into the coins. Mark is sending like solicited bad photos of people, like risque photos, and be like, "Hey, listen, you give me that Aaron Jones, and this doesn't get leaked." That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's got some leverage on people. I'm nervous. He's doxing Reddit accounts right now. I love it. Um, oh, this is actually too complicated of a question, so I need to just look into this real quick. Uh, let's see. Yikes. I mean, Aaron Jones seems like a – I think I think I'm okay with fading Barkley uh, because he just hasn't shown it enough. I know he caught the touchdown last week, but he's actually only playing about two-thirds of the snap, splitting work with Booker, um, and they might even be starting Jake Fromm this week. Uh, that Dallas defense is just out of the, out of this mind, so I'm okay with fading Barkley. Um, J. Will against Cincinnati. Mm. I think uh, I want to play Zeke. I want to play Gibson. 
Aaron Jones, my so Buck, help me out here. I got Jer, I got J- Jamal Williams. I mean, um, Javante Williams versus Aaron Jones. Um, the matchup actually leans Javante. Yeah, I'm going Javante here. Okay, Javante Zeke Gibson for me. Same for me. All right, Bob. Been a pleasure as always, my friend. All right, man. Thanks a lot, dude. All right. Once again, this is the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel. All our episodes are brought to you by Bet Online AG and on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco, my co-host Buck today. We love you guys. Thanks for joining again for the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.